Well, for our final conversation um, this morning, we're looking at um, understanding royalties and in particular um, with Samro and um, some of the difficulties that musicians face. We know in South Africa, often when a musician passes away, they do that and we hear so many stories of how um, these individuals were going through difficulties and able to sustain their livelihoods and often will then rely on the state to cater even just for the for the for the funeral you know the basic funeral putting it together and so what is the big issue with musicians and royalties and um what is enabled for in our legislation Joining me for this conversation this morning is uh, Garabo Sinna, who is Samaro's General Manager for Sales and Licensing. And they, of course, are wanting to educate the public and the industry on this issue of rights and royalties. Garabo, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Cathy. And I'd like to greet the listeners at home as well. Why have you then felt the need, at least right now, um, to be at the forefront of this conversation and wanting to explain perhaps what you do, what has necessitated mm-hmm. all of this? Yeah, so I think for us mainly it's obviously we are a membership-based organization. We have just over 150,000 uh, creatives in our organization. And I mean, you know, it's interesting anytime you, you actually think of the artists that you listen to, like local artists, it's hard sometimes to even think of 500, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many. And I think it goes to your point to say we always strive to ensure that, you know, all these artists are educated as best as possible, but also the families that support them, right? Because as an artist, it's not a conventional career. And uh, we have seen lately a lot of people that are registering are much more younger, you know, and uh, it could be, yes, the certain genres that are much more popular now. So a lot more younger people are coming through. Uh, you know, we are seeing in the range of around about 20,000 applications at any given time in a year. So that tells us that there is a demand, but with that demand, we need to educate because every single time you go on Twitter or anywhere, mm-hmm. you see somebody crying about about something is not fair in the music industry. Mm -hmm. So the best form to sort of direct ourselves is let's educate as much as we can. Oftentimes, it's either Samro or the record label that is coming under fire because, um, you know, you, you, when I say you, I mean Samro and um, the record labels, you're often grouped together and seen as the vultures in in the industry. So let's talk about how the, the, the system of royalties works, who gets what, Mm-hmm. And we'll get into then how um, the processes are, are are different for somebody who's signed to a record label mm-hmm. versus somebody who's wanting to go independent. Yeah. So firstly, you know, when we talk about copyright, uh, the music industry structured in a format, it's more of a legal system than anything else. Um, a lot of times when you speak to music experts, they'll tell you actually that, you know, music is probably 90% legal and 10% creativity, you know, innovation. So simply meaning that there are certain pillars that we have, and currently what we have in our law is that, you know, there is something that we call copyright in the composition. This speaks to the rights that 
creators of music have. So today, you and I decide to write a song. Immediately, as per the law, we have a right. And this right is copyright in the composition. However, we decide, okay, we're going to record this music now. Mm -hmm. Now we create something that we call now copyright in the recording, which people normally call a master, right? Uh, the copyright in the composition, people normally call it publishing. So these are the main core copyrights that we have. So therein then is where the understanding begins. With the creators in the copyright in the composition, the publishers, the challenges that often come through you will find is often agreements where somebody says, but hang on, I wrote a certain song. Mm -hmm. And it could be that they didn't even sing that song. I could write a song and then, yes, you are Brenda Farsi, I give you the song. So because I'm not the ideal person to perform this song. But there's a certain royalty I'm supposed to receive, right, from uh, what we call a performing right, that is what Samro distributes, and something that we call needle, sorry, uh, mechanical right, which is what Capasso distributes. So these are two different royalties. But for every single song, the person that wrote it, every time it's performed, let's say on SAFM or any other station or TV or even in restaurants, this person ought to be paid. The challenges come in where this person may start off by firstly not even registering their music with Samro. That's where it starts. So we need to know that you've got a song. You can't just assume that you know the system will be able to pay you. So this means that at at as we speak, we we have in the region of about two hundred million. We call it in the music industry the undock, where it's almost like a suspense pile of money where we don't know who it belongs to. And that is a problem. But you need to inform us. Once you can inform us, then from there on, our job is to make sure we license every single person that uses music. From that, you're able to earn your royalties. But if you sign an agreement with a publisher, for example, and you find that your agreement, you could make it 50-50, could be 60-40, there's really no law that says the agreement should be X. It's just a business arrangement. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you need, you need to negotiate as you do with any other salary or any other thing that you get into. So that is on that other side. But the similarities so, also appear on the other, so, on the so, recording side. So, yeah. so, so j j just before you, you move on, mm. do record labels often play the role of the publishers? Often you will find that a record label will also have a publishing uh, sector in it. It's much more efficient. And uh, you do find just solely publishers, but often it's a record label and a publisher. Okay. Yeah. And, and when it comes to then the the distribution of these royalties, who gets what? Yes. Are those the negotiations that artists need to be careful Correct. of? 100%. Because if you are not, if you're just signing a contract that is giving a record label, 80% of the royalties for publishing before mm -hmm. we even get to the, the recording, the, the mastering yeah. aspects, yes. then that means that you've effectively signed off 80% of the right to earn any income. Of, Correct. Yeah. However, we have some, you know, sort of like rules that seek to stop, uh, let's say, exploitation, right? So, Samro, we have a rule that says you cannot sign off more than 50%. So, meaning, even if you do, if you bring that agreement to us, we will totally not distribute it. We'll tell you, listen, it's against our rules, so go back and renegotiate. So that's a rule that we have. However, 
it doesn't mean that it should always be 50-50, for example, right? Just because Samuel says the maximum, we are just saying that, we're just saying the maximum any entity that did not write the music is able to receive is 50%. It means that, doesn't mean, you know, say 50, you could always have a 70-30, whatever the split is. I think the importance here is what value is this entity able to give you that you can't give yourself? That, that's where the value is. Because often I ask creatives, okay, fine, you sign a publishing deal. What is it that you looked at? What, what, what were the things that drove you to actually sign that deal? And to be simple, there should be mainly two things. One is that the, you know, the agreement that you just signed is actually putting you in a position where your songs can maybe be performed by artists that you would never reach. Because sometimes, you know, there's a lot of good songs. I mean, I go to a lot of music events and I hear people that we wouldn't even know of. But you're like, oh my goodness, that song, if only it was sung by, you know, that, that sort of thing. You know, this thing would be a hit. But because that other person, nobody knows them. And it's an original piece. So if that publisher is able to do that for you, fantastic, right? The second thing is, then, because they can do that, what are the shares, though? Are the shares fair? Negotiate that part. If you are able to get those two things, you are in a good place. What are you finding to be the industry practice currently hmm. on, on this issue of, of publishing? Yeah. The norm currently is a 50-50. So there is some sort of expectation that, you know, the value being given to been given to you as a publisher is 50%. And this is how it's explained, you know, in the normal business context. If a publisher signs 100 songwriters, there is no way they could know that out of 100, 10 would make it. Like they would write songs that would make money, right? So, so they still invest some of their resources in obviously trying to get these guys' songs, you know, to be up there, but it doesn't work out. So it's almost like the ones that make it, you know, supplement the ones that sort of didn't make it. So that's the business logic. But remember, when you come through as an individual, you can't be negotiating from the other side. That's what obviously the other person will tell you. You are negotiating for yourself because you might know your craft. You might know that the sound that you have is slightly unique and you know it's going to appeal to the masses in a different way. And a lot of songwriters as well are, are performers. So let's not forget that. So it's not like every single song that songwriters write, you know, it's not like in America for the most part where you just have people that are just songwriters. In SA, we do have those, but for the most part, mm -hmm. a lot of songwriters are also performers. What difference does it make um, where you have the era we live in now with technology and people being able to produce music, publish music, literally out of this mm. entire process mm. where Samra doesn't get involved, record labels don't get involved, and, you know, the music still becomes huge. They're yeah. producing hits. Yeah. So it's weird because the way the system is made, you can't actually get out of it. And I'll explain why. Mm. Even though, uh, so as of January, the stats are that about 130,000 songs are, are added onto your DSPs, your Spotify's, iTunes, and the likes every single day. Sure. Every single day, right? 
So there you've got your first problem. So that means yes, everybody, I mean, technology has made things accessible. And there are these DIY services for you to actually upload your music onto these services. So you don't really need a big notch, you know, a distributor or publisher. You don't need that. But the challenge comes in where, for the most part, where you want to monetize this thing, like to the max. For example, uh, at TikTok, uh, YouTube, and, uh, you know, uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, where music normally is used, you know, out of, you know, the normal streams like radio and stuff, you still need like your Samros to actually collect, you know, a license from those people and pay you. Why? Because those people say, we do not want to contract with each and every single artist. Mm. There's just too many. In the world right now, the stats say that there's over 4 million songwriters at any given time. So they're not interested you know, to contract because your deals could be so different in terms of whatever it is. So the likes of Samro, and that's for what we call a performing right. This is what we administer and Capasso, which is the mechanical. We go, we structure these deals so that they are able to pay us for that as a license and then we distribute it. But even for the majors, on, on the other side, you may still say, yeah, but that's one side of it. But the trick is, have you ever wondered how songs get to playlists? You know, because not every single song gets to a playlist. Mm -hmm. Not every single song, if the bot chooses music for you, how does it, even though it takes your preference into regard, but how? why does it choose that song instead of the other song, if there's so many songs? It's because... There are certain sort of things that you have to do to promote music, even to these sites, because there's just so much music. So you still need some sort of intermediaries for you to actually get up there. The only way you can cut out that is if you have a massive hit, like so big, everybody just wants it. And it doesn't matter, you know, whatever it is, they just want it. But in the norm, nah. So do musicians get paid and... and it's an interesting aspect that you're raising about mm. social media because we know now people post and there's music in the yeah. background, <laughs> waking up to Mamang's this yes, or, yes, yes. you know, lounging to whichever song and even in TikTok videos. Do artists get paid for that kind of use of their music on social media? Yes, but the only challenge is it is nowhere close to being enough. And that's the big challenge. So, Anytime, what we call UGC, uh, user-generated content, like mm -hmm. your Facebook mm -hmm. and the likes, anytime music is used, it is actually paid, remunerated. And that is why we encourage it. And I mean, you can see that's why artists will even include a dance with their music yes. because that is a very powerful way of marketing your music. But here's the, the catch. Any artist, I don't care how big you are, there is no artist in South Africa that can say, my livelihood is only based off that. Mm -hmm. You need to supplement it mostly with performances. That is with a recording artist. A recording artist cannot simply live off just royalties. I would like to put in another category that might, we might not speak about. Yeah. It's production music. So often when we think of music, we think of what we call commercial music. You know, the type that you just mentioned, you know, the one that we hear on radio and, and stuff. But before the news, there's a song that comes on. Even SAFM has a station sort of like song. You jingle. Know? Jingle, yes, yeah. Yes. Those jingles, let me tell you, they make more money than commercial music. So 
because there is just so much of them. I mean, the, the hours in mm. which that music is played is plentiful. So we find our biggest earners in Samro are actually the guys that do uh, production music because, uh, you know, it's just a simple form of music that people can hear at nauseam, but it's still okay. Because, you know, there's only so many times you can listen to a commercial song. Mm. You know, after mm. that, it's like, no, 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 mm. no, no. Mm. Come on, guys. Mm. There are other artists. Mm. But this one, it can be on radio. You could be, you know, we could be chatting now and there's a song in the background. That is money. So those are the only people that I often, when I go and speak to people, I say, hey, yeah. there's an opportunity there. So, so, so Karabo, how much does Samaru distribute? Yeah. Average? Annually, how, how it's much? It's in the region of about four hundred and fifty million. Four hundred and fifty million. Million, yes. Okay, well, it's a year. A is. year. Yeah. Look, it, it is a sizable chunk of money. Yeah, correct. But this four hundred and fifty million is being distributed amongst what? A, a hundred. Actually, well, not a hundred. How many songs did you say? 100? So, so we have one hundred fifty thousand members, but the ones 000. that earn. So okay. that's where the difference is, because the assumption is every one of them earns. No, uh-huh. the ones that earn actually are in the region of about 25,000. So, and when we say earn, we are saying anything above a rand. That's what we are talking about here. So it means all the others, technically, yes, they, they they have music, but their music is not either being played out there or wherever there is usage of that music, it's not licensed. And let me explain that part because it's a very important part. Money has to come from somewhere for it to go somewhere, you know, to go to the artist. And, for example, SAFM pays their royalties. So whatever music you play here, we make sure that the artist gets paid. But imagine where a broadcaster, a restaurant, uh, a a big supermarket, you know, uh, a municipality even, because municipalities are also uh, part of our licensing group, does not pay their license. That means that that artist or that creative is not able to earn. So not all of them are actually earning. So there's about 25,000 at any given time where you could say, okay, they are actually earning from that. On the issue of licensing, um, because I never thought about restaurants being Uh, license holders to play music. So who manages that? I mean, are, are you telling me that you go to let's say a mall down the road we've got so many to pick from and you go to each and every shop and as long as they have a radio playing or they've got music playing then you expect that they have a license yes and it's not just an expectation it's a legal requirement Mm. you know because when we say expectation it's almost like i'm saying that as someone no there's a legal requirement if we read on the copyright act you know uh uh, clause six of the copyright acts Act says that any person that uses music requires a license from the rights holder. So essentially, if you are not the rights holder, so if you did not, if you do not own that music, that means you need a license. And a license means that you have to go to what, like a SAMRO, we call ourselves a CMO, Collective Management Organization. And it's just a simpler way of making companies get the Mm. rights, you know, that they need. Because there's no way a company would go and get the rights from each musician. Mm. So every single one of those uh, stores or whatever, they need to get the license. No, but but I I understand the need to get. My question is around implementation. Yeah. Do they have? Because those are two different things. So majority of the sort of let's call them the bigger 
you know, chains. Certainly they do have. There are some that we are definitely working on that don't have. So not everybody has a license, and that's the sad part. Uh, and even the, you know, the smaller ones, they definitely do have, but some don't have. So currently, obviously, we we function on creating more of the comprehensive licenses, especially if you have your bigger sort of chains. You wouldn't go to one one one, but the challenge comes in where some we even have to take legal steps to compel them to actually pay us because for some reason they don't see music as an asset, even though it's protected legally, you know, by clause two of the Copyright Act. We're in conversation with Karabo Sinna. He is Samro's general manager for sales and licensing and really explaining um, the dynamics of the industry, especially when it comes to the conversation of royalties and how musicians then and creatives, I should say, earn an income um, derived from royalties. It's 11.30. We'll go to the news headlines. We'll come back with Karabo. I see a number of you um, are actually asking, you've got a, a few questions for Karabo, so I'll take those on the other side of the news. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue the conversation on The Talking Point. Yanushu in Cape Town, good morning. Hey, good morning, Kathy. Good morning to, to your uh, men there. Thank you very much for the information. Actually, my daughter, she was, her job was to, to organize the concert for some uh, musicians. And she mentioned about it that, uh, that you have to have a license to, 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 to use the songs. I, I understandable. But how far we can go? I mean, if I can, myself, I'm going to try singing on the street or something like this, one of these popular songs, I'm going to be penalized for that. Uh, is it, I'm, if it's so, how much going to be? Or even this restaurant? Talking about the price, uh, how much they're going to be penalizing, the, the, that's the, the most important issue. But also I would like to, Katie, bring something else. Uh, artists, seniors, they often should bring, like sports people, they should bring something positive, and they often do. But from time to time, you know, we've got this situation when a very well-known person, very well-known senior, uh, in overdo the drugs and the diet of this and actually we treating them as a hero it's a, it's a it's a point that for instance if you've got even some somebody in the family and he's abusing the drug you reject we use we think them about them like a sort of useless people you know reject them completely don't give a damn about what they do try not to get any anything to do with them one when you come to the singers they are heroes, and of course they are. They they will say that because of the life that they perform and stressful and everything, and uh, and it's not fair because yeah. we are like sort of we are like sort of double, the, the double standard. For some people, they are heroes for us and make some sort of big noise, and maybe even these people who like this gentleman because they they have to exist. We cannot just criticize them. Close them down, don't buy their records, whatever, because they are not fair. They did something wrong. But, All right. But on other side, on other side, when ordinary people do this, they are rubbish. All right. All right, so Janus. Yeah. 
Oh, all right, Anush. I, I, I think you're right. You know, th- there is that level of two standards, how we treat artists, musicians, people in the limelight versus uh, perhaps, um, you know, just ordinary members of, of society. But Garabo, the question around licensing and concerts. Mm. Yeah, concerts certainly have to be licensed. So the one challenge that you have is, you know, with any performance that you will find that you will often use background music, which is not written uh, by the performers that will be there. And then there's also performances themselves. So we definitely, uh, you know, urge everybody that is obviously hosting a concert or the likes because you are that music is being performed to the public. It has to be licensed. And the best way I explain it often where people say, how far do we have to go? Because it seems like it's, it's a bit too much, you know, like, I mean, come on. If I have a restaurant there, it's not big and whatever. I often ask them, imagine you have a house. Your house has four bedrooms or three bedrooms. And I just wake up and I just knock and you say, who are you? I say, doesn't matter. And I say, I'm just going to go and sleep in that one bedroom. It's your house. I choose to just go and sleep in one bedroom. You didn't give me permission. Same thing you are doing. That is a piece of property. It's an asset. Somebody else owns it. Mm-hmm. You just want to use it. In, and the justification is that, nah, man, it's not that bad. I can say you are not using that room in your own house. Let me sleep in it. What's the problem? You see, that's the same thing. So it's just respecting what other people own. Yeah, and, and I guess when you describe it uh, as an asset in that way, yes. it does color it differently yeah. because otherwise you just think, no, it's just music, you yes. know, you just play. Yes. It's not that serious, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, because we enjoy the music so correct, much we correct. don't think about it yeah. as, as somebody's being somebody asset. else's yeah. asset. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to take some of the WhatsApp voice notes that you've sent through, also questions uh, for Karabo. Morning, Katie. Hey, so good you brought that guy over there from Samara. I've been meaning to ask, and I've been asking myself, hitting my head over the wall here at home. I live in Deben, right? Etewini municipality, when you call their call center, it plays a Kenny G song. A guy from USA or Canada or wherever, I don't know where he's from. But there are a lot of guys from here, Deben. We got about Annie Smith, about Sipo Kumete, and some all other kids who, who are doing music. They can even play big nas uh, instrumental over over there over that. But the royalties go to the guy from overseas. Why? Why is it like that? Sure, is this from Deben? Yeah, so that one is a tough one because we don't, you know, we we are not custodians of influencing preference. We often, yes, advocate definitely that play South African music. But, you know, uh, if anybody chooses what what he's talking about, we call it music on hold. So it's something that, yes, we do license, but you can choose to use any music. And that's where the problem is. And Samro cannot necessarily dictate to say use this music but we do appeal to every single south african company to say please use music that is south african because it ensures that the money stays here because what then happens in terms of this point that he's raising samro every time you play that european song or Mm. you know american song we take the money this side we send it over that side 
there's those arrangements that we have. Similar to if your song, South African, is played in Germany, the money crosses over this way. So the more you play, but the, the, the problem is they use most of their music. Meanwhile, we consume most of theirs. So the balance is not there. So so then of this 450 that, that yes. you receive average uh, annually, how much of that would you say ends 34%. up? 34%. 34%. Goes overseas. Really? Yes. And because, and, and because people want to listen rate, to Jay-Z, and, and, people want to listen and to... And the conversion rate, what, what do you do with that? I mean, are, are you... Is, is that priced at South African rands? At rand, South African rands. Or it's not priced at no, what no. their currency uh-uh. is? So okay. we price it at South African rands. Okay. But for every time you want to listen to your Katy Perry or anything yeah. of that sort, we have to pay them. It's a moral obligation. There's no, Even the law says that, so you can't run away from it. The only thing that changes it is audience consumption. All right. Let's pl- play uh, um, more of the WhatsApp voice notes. Oh, it's Eskethi. So, Eskethi, I'm glad you brought this guy on the on the radio because I've been having a lot of questions uh, towards Sambro. Number one is why Sambro doesn't honor the like most of the old gospel artists, like you're always saying, your Matakala, your Shongen Kupugo group, those guys, kind of guys. You see, like politician. When the politician passed on, they can even go as further as naming the street after them, further as renaming the stadium after them. But with this musician that built a lot of us South African, Sambro doesn't do anything with them. Like now they forgot about them, you know, and it's so it's so painful. Number two, what is Sambro doing in the regulation of um, um, regulating songs that are going out with swearing lyrics thank you Carabo. yeah so that's uh i'll start with the last one first so obviously we're not in the business of regulating yeah. uh, what goes into a song so that's a tough one but i think the first point you know um we may not always be in the public domain whenever we do something so there's three things that i'd like to mention that we do for every single creative not just the gospel ones The number one thing is that when an artist passes on, there are royalties, they can still generate royalties posthumously for 50 years. So meaning for 50 years, we are paying the next of kin, right? Mm -hmm. Those respective royalties. Mm -hmm. And then the second point is that we also have what we call a funeral cover where, yes, we won't publicize it, but we pay over it. It's not a substantial amount, it's 25,000, but we don't cover just the artist. We cover the artist, plus next of kin and up to five kids. So sometimes it's not the artist that passes away. And let me tell you something, the public never knows about the next of kin or the child, but we are there to help out. Lastly, we have something we call the Retirement Annuity Fund, which is its SHREF, Summer Retirement Annuity Fund, which currently has funds of about 360 million rands, which allows for artists when they get to the age of 55, because obviously based on their royalties that they earned, they are able to enjoy some meaningful sort of earnings and, you know, that covers them. But that's what we do. Yes, we won't go out in the public domain and say, oh, we paid so much, we did this for this person because these things are just happening as per process. The the funeral cover, is it automatic? Automatic. So automatic meaning the moment you become a SEMRO member. Mm -hmm. So we have obviously different levels, uh, but from what we call a voting member, these are the members that then we have in the region of about 28,000 of them. Do, do, we do, cover them. Do, do I have to be a member to license music? 
You have to be a member for you to earn royalties from SEMRU, from whomever SEMRU licenses. So as an individual, nothing stops you technically to go and license directly. Nothing. Absolutely. The law is very clear. Mm -hmm. But business does not work like that. Business normally doesn't. The only time where you license directly, where SEMRO or no society is involved, is what we call sinks. Sinks are like music adv music in adverts. So you see an advert on TV that advertising a popular product. That music there, there's an additional license called a sink. That we are not involved. So the musician speaks directly with the advertising agency and there's a fee that is paid. Mm. But we will still pay a royalty every time that advert plays on radio or TV. But they can license directly. All right. Yeah. Um, let me quickly take the, the callers that we have. We don't have a lot of time. Sure. Sure. Um, Victor, you're out in Soshanguve. Victor, good morning. Hi, Casey. How are you? Good. Thank you, Victor. Go for it. Okay, between the uh, two voice notes that you took and the answers that he gave you, I actually had six questions and he has answered them all, so I'll just pass. Fan I won't waste any time. Fantastic. Thank you, Victor. <laughs> Thank you, Victor. Joseph, Thank you're you, out. <laughs> Thank you. Joseph, you're out in Ekurulene. Good morning. Morning, morning. My question is, I wanted to, to find out, he said, on the issue of uh, the, 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 the latest type of... Um, of, of, of dealing with music as a musician of publishing. If he, I, I needed him to mention what are those things. What is that you, you can still do without uh, licensing, without Sambro, but there, there are things you can't deal with. That's exactly what I wanted to know. What, uh, can, you, can you sum up some of those things? What are they and, uh, and how do they affect you if you didn't deal with Sambro? I just wanted to find out that. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So essentially where you can go direct would be uh, with what we call uh, your DSPs, digital service providers, your Spotify and the likes. That is but for other rights. So uh, this is more the, 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 the master parts. That's where you can go direct, really, not the publishing side of it. Mm. Um, there are DIY services that you can still use and you can still go direct. So uh, you can Google them, DIY services for publishing, and you can go direct. Uh, and then the challenge, however, is it's mostly on the digital side just for that. But when we come to radio, TV, and then what we call general. General is your your supermarkets, your malls, your municipalities, um, you know, your salons, your restaurants. You definitely then need to go via SEMRU. The second part is because you are no one will sign a direct license with you. So they just want bulk rights mm -hmm. so that they can play whatever they want to play. And then as well, when you go to the UGC, this is your TikToks and the Facebook and the likes, you definitely need to go via SEMRU. So the only times when you don't need like a seminar is normally when you're talking about your Spotify's uh, of this world. And then when you talk about TV and adverts where you do a sync, right? Uh, that's the only time you don't need a CMO. But for the most part, you do need a CMO uh, to actually mm -hmm. help you in administration of rights. All right. Yo, there's so much that we haven't been able to get to in this um, conversation, including uh, Garabo. The 210 million rand yes. that you say is sitting with Samro um, that is supposed to be in the hands of artists. It's sitting in your accounts. Yes. What are the challenges with distribution? Very quickly, please. Okay. So quickly, um, 
or anybody that is creating music, please register with Samro and not just Samro, Samro, Capasso, Sampra, and Rev, that is Risa. Register with them because all of them distribute different rights. Once you do that, register your songs. That is the best way to help us pay you because your money could be sitting with us. And f- f- for those, for the money that you're currently sitting with, how are you going to find its rightful owners? So what then happens is that after a three-year process, if the money's not claimed, we then take it because we're not allowed to sit with money. On the fourth year, that money, we put it, so the, the oldest one, we take it, we put it back into the distribution, and then the other parties that are earning share amongst that portion so you have three years to literally claim your funds if you don't other people share in that okay yeah. that could well be part of where the problem is Karabo thank you so much for coming into studio uh, today Karabo Senna is Samro's general manager for sales and licensing I think we can deserve to have part two of this conversation um, and thank you to all of your responses uh, in terms of um, how you've received this conversation and the questions um, still that you're asking. Unfortunately, that's where we have to leave it uh, for today. We're back with you again tomorrow morning. Hopefully, 7 o'clock, you're going to be tuning in. Hashtag Zona 2024. Let's listen uh, to what the President Cyril Ramaphosa has uh, to say. Have a lovely afternoon.